The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Yeah, you know, so it's just been kind of like fun to meet all these people. And, you know, I've, like I said, I've joked back and forth with Jason a few times. Uh, he seems like he's a pretty good guy. And he's in L.A., I think, right? Yeah. Him and Paul. Is it Paul that does that one? And that's that's the live on four legs one, right? Um, Jason and Paul are State of Love and Trust. No, they do State of Love and Trust. Okay, so who does live on four legs? I get them, I get you all confused. That's uh, Randy Sobel and John Farrar. Okay, gotcha. And I think it seems like Randy reached out to me a while back about something too, you know, or just made a comment or something. And I, so I've gone back and forth with him too. And seems like a good guy. But yeah, I, I didn't know how many of uh, how many of you there were doing it, but it looked like about four or five and. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but everything I've heard has been really cool. I mean, it's very interesting. I think I heard, I listened to your one where the girl was talking about the Las Vegas. Well, I think it was the Las Vegas uh, Crown of Thorns show, the 10 year anniversary Mm -hmm. and her telling her story and stuff and you guys talking. It was cool. Yeah. 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 (laughs) i had a lot of coffee this morning <laughs> that's okay <It's> just, <laughs> well i'm kind of working up the jitters here a little bit i'm kind of nervous you know no, that's okay i'm kind of like oh geez what do i you know somebody, somebody just told me oh hey, that was good that was cool oh yeah yeah this, all this stuff and you're kind of like okay yeah oh, cool I, I got smoke blown up my ass now so what do i uh oh, no 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 i i, I always you know I think it's really, I just have never been a part of any of that stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, like ever watched it. And it was amazing to me that, you know, I've been a super fan forever and how quick I realized that, you know, these 80,000 knuckleheads are, are probably, let's call it the thousand that actually interact on the Facebook pages. You know, it's kind of the same people revolving through it feels like sometimes, yeah. um, you know, they really are all kind of like family, you know, that's, that's pretty cool, man. I, I just never gave me a whole different way to look at it this last year. That's for sure. Wow. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 5 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Paloma. Each episode, I go track by track with a guest through every album, soundtrack, single, and b-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon here today with my guest, Ryan Blackwell, to talk about the song Ghost. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Brandon. How you doing? I am doing well. How about you? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, hey, that's no problem. Uh, we, uh, we're here to talk about Pearl Jam and uh, Riot Act, and uh, so glad you answered the call. I was having some trouble getting uh, people to, that wanted to talk about this. <laughs> What's wrong with these people, right? I don't know. It's, a, it's, it's an awesome-ass song. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, but, but, but before i start talking about it which i was just about to do it's like no i gotta i have protocols here that i have to follow and since this is the first time you've been on we've got to know a little bit more about you and uh, we do that by me asking ryan when did you first hear of pearl jam first heard of pearl jam okay um it would have been uh so i graduated in high school in 1991 so summer after that i think i remember right 10 dropped in august and uh, I was, I think we were actually at, me and another friend were at a party and um, so this guy there that I didn't know, big music fan, he came up, said, hey, do you like music? Yeah. Um, we got talking a little bit and he 
asked me if I had ever heard of, so this would have been, I'd say end of September, 1st of October, maybe he asked me if I'd ever heard of Soundgarden or Pearl Jam. And I thought, what is he talking about? I had never heard of either of these two bands. And honestly, my first thought was, God, those are the dumbest names I've ever heard, <laughs> you know, and, mm-hmm. and having no idea and, and never hearing it. But, you know, it seems like as the evening progressed and, you know, more people started to leave, it ended up just being six or seven of us. Uh, he, he went and got, first we listened to Bad Mode finger all the way through and um i can't really remember what my reaction was to that but then we listened to 10 and listened from start to finish and i by about the third or fourth song just knew that this is a really good band so that would have been the first time that i heard it and i, I and, and kind of cool that i got to hear you know you had the guy that like you gotta listen to it from start to finish all the way through you know he had that had that mentality and it yeah, sort of yeah. made me do it and i i really had a, a lot of appreciation for it yeah it is a real experience when you i don't know listen to the album for the first time at least you know the the age that i was when i listened to the whole thing uh the first time right how old were you when you listened to it the first time um yeah i had to have been about 11 okay see how so old or 11 12 <laughs> i think that, that year i'm pretty sure it was the year that it came out because like nobody was nobody was talking about it yet nobody grunge didn't really hit yet yeah and i i think it was sort of uh I, I liked it, but I wasn't thinking, oh, man, I got to go get that CD. I, I was still sort of in uh, the Van Halen age and, and still sort of rolling with some of that kind of music. So anything that they were calling grunge or at that time, new wave was a really popular term. You know, I wasn't real interested in that. I was more into the hard rocking stuff. So I think it took until well, I think Alive was the first single that they played on the radio mm-hmm. and I'd heard it a couple times but then when I saw the video for even flow whenever they put that out that that was uh that was money in the bank there you know I, I knew that I wanted to jump around that crazy with these guys and they were good <laughs> uh have you seen them live before yes I've uh I was trying to count up last night how many times I've uh I've seen them and I think it's been I was thinking it was between like nine and 11, but I actually think it's closer to 13 times said and done. Um, mm-hmm. My, uh, you know, talked about the first time I heard him, but the first time I saw him, that's, that's the really good story. Um, <laughs> if we've got, you, t- you want to hear my story about the uh, oh, first yeah. trip to see Pearl Jam? All right. I missed the, K- uh, Kansas University had the day on the hill. And that was the first time that, uh, that Pearl Jam had played in the Kansas City area. I missed that show. The next show was, I think it was right after the beef started with Ticketmaster and it was, kind of weird and and so we weren't going to get a kansas city show the closest show to us was wichita kansas which would have been three and a half hours away and three thousand general admission seats uh urge overkill opened but three thousand seats sold out in 32 minutes yeah just boom and somehow i got lucky enough to get a ringtone about halfway through the sale which would have been 15 minutes <laughs> into it and uh and got four tickets and uh you know, had, had three buddies that were my best friends until we went to the show, you know, <laughs> and they were, they were, they were pretty excited. And I don't know that six people that I knew from Kansas, the Kansas city area even, even got tickets. So, but drove down there and it was the uh, night before Thanksgiving, November, I think it was November 23rd, 93. I've been right, but it was right after verses dropped and um, we get in and, and, and we're excited and it's, it's hot because everybody had a flannel shirt on that night. <laughs> and, you know, 
it was for me anyway that night it was you know eastland leather shoes you know uh really get those feet sweating <laughs> and, uh, and everybody's crammed up front uh there was no seats but i remember uh pearl jam came out i think they opened with if i remember right they started off with go i think that was the very first song i ever saw them play live and, and of course it just went nuts and the second song started up i believe it was uh I think they did even flow second, you know, so let's just come out rocking and the whole crowd shifted and, and half the people fell down and it was just getting wild. And I, I remember actually jumping out of after scurrying around a little bit and trying to get back on my feet and did not realize until I was out of the crowd that I had lost my right shoe. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so now I'm standing there, you know, six minutes into this concert, I've lost a shoe. I've got the tar, you know, beat out of me from, uh, you know, a bunch of people falling down and, and things like that. And I, uh, I'm standing there, a buddy of mine saw me, he came over and he could tell I was a little bit shook and maybe even looked a little mad. And he said, you're all right. And I, and you know, I said, you know what, this isn't going to be a long show. I need to just shake this off. No big deal. Who cares if I lost my shoe? Um, and we're watching watching them play by the end of the song all of a sudden through the air you see end over end my eastland right shoe (laughs) flying through the air in the crowd and at that point i had seen nothing like flying through the air air yet or anything i mean so you know i'm not going to try to be the claim to fame here but (laughs) my shoe goes my buddy just straight faces can be turns around he looks at me goes there it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but it wasn't two minutes later, shoes are flying everywhere and just like ridiculous. And I'm thinking, are all these people, people that fell down and like me lost a shoe and, you know, or what's going on here? And um, the show was over. We thought we were going to maybe get my shoe. Did not end up finding my shoe, but there was a pile of about 200 shoes in the middle of the floor that were push, being pushed by the guy. Or, uh, the guy with the broom was pushing them into a pile, and um, we weren't about to try to rummage through that. But So I got to go home. Thanks. We drove home the next morning, so I went home Thanksgiving Day. My entire family, like the entire side, side of the family, was at my house, and I walked in with one shoe on, and my dad answered the door and said, I just don't even want to know. We just <laughs> go get a place. um it was interesting it was fun pretty crazy yeah because i I, that was the the same year that there was the indio show where they were throwing shoes and i think i remember when i talked to past guest uh uh, bob remington uh when he went to the atlanta uh aladdin theater show a couple days uh yeah, a couple yeah. Of days after that, I think that they were throwing shoes too. And this wouldn't have been something that like the internet would have been talking about yet. I mean, the internet was barely a thing. So I don't know if there was something in the air or how how I, how many yeah. other shows. Yeah, it was that- my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so this is really funny. So so a friend that I've kind of uh it's a guy that lives here in, in the Kansas City area, and we didn't go to the same high school or anything, but met him through a mutual friend years ago. He actually, I saw him at that Wichita show, mm-hmm. and, and he actually has the set list from that night. He's got it framed, and uh, Eddie handed it to him after oh, the wow. show, so it's pretty cool. You know, and it's, it's weird to see 13 songs and two covers. You know, they just didn't have that much material then, and uh, but he's got the set list, but I reconnected with him on one of the, the you know, like the Facebook pages and, and saw him there and hadn't seen him hardly at all, except maybe passing him at some concerts over the last 20 years. But we actually got together and had a beer about two weeks ago. And I he had never heard my shoe story. And I'm telling it to him and I'm kind of standing up and I'm not looking at him. And I look over at him and he is just cracking up and he has tears coming out of his eyes. I'm like, 
what are you laughing? He goes, I left my shoes at that show. He goes, when I saw the shoes start flying, I took mine off and just threw them. <laughs> and I'm going, what? And so he said, I had no idea that, you know, that's what had happened. He said, uh, he said, I thought that's just what everybody was doing. And oh my God, I, you know, we had a pretty good chuckle over that. Yeah, I have to, have to talk to some more people who went to those, uh, those shows in 93. See if, uh, I don't know, man, maybe something there, something else. That was, that was the only time that they played in Reno yeah. and I didn't get a chance to see them. I, I, I didn't know that they were coming. And I think the first I heard of it was the day that they were playing there. Really? And there, and like the radio station was out there saying, Oh, Hey, we're here. Uh, Lawler, uh, oh, wow. Pearl jam is going to play here. And I was like, Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. And so of course, what, you've been like 13 or 14 ish at that time or something yeah. maybe and yeah yeah let's see so we got uh we got we got this song to talk about that's right that's why we're here today yeah. <laughs> that's what we're doing right right yeah we'll end story time <laughs> that's right. right yeah so we're uh talking about uh ghost the uh fifth track here on uh riot act played it the first time at the december 6th showbox show uh the second so showbox show the one that they made the dvd of so uh, you can catch their uh, first performance of that if you uh, bust out your dvd or i don't know if they have them on uh, on youtube or nugs or anything like that i think i've looked up stuff from the showbox before on youtube and there, there's not much on there from that show okay maybe you have to have the the dvd then well it's, it's a good purchase <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i got it the day it dropped jeff Ament wrote the music for it and then he and ed collaborated on the lyrics uh if you if you're at the pearl jam website looking at the lyrics they uh they leave out the last verse really for some reason the, it doesn't hurt when I when I bleed. Or the, the yeah, the last course, last verse. my memories, verse. they eat me. Hmm. I don't know. I looked up, um, how did I go to it here? What, what is the last verse? Is it the, it doesn't hurt? Yeah, verse? it doesn't hurt when I bleed. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got it here. Hmm. Well, maybe they just didn't. Yeah, this, you uh, know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. This, this, uh. This song also isn't mentioned in the Pearl Jam 20 book, which uh, for people who are trying to research for podcasts doesn't hmm. really uh, help all that much. Yeah. <laughs> all, all it has is the, uh, it, it doesn't even say it's like, oh yeah, they this song was on the album, which it has for some other songs. It's like, oh great, I gotta, you know, dig so, more. So go, Ghost is kind of a ghost, huh? <laughs> oh, hey now. <laughs> Um, um, beer all week. yeah they just have like a, a sort of i guess outtake from the photo session of the uh, of the lyric sheet or whatever like that it's got it i think typed out in capitals this the, in the uh if you're looking in the actual album liner notes it's all uh lowercase letters okay let's see what else about this song there's not really much else about this song this is kind of um one of the lesser played ones from riot act let's see besides uh i think help help and arc yeah oh all or none too those are oh no get right okay never mind it's uh but it's on the last half i guess of the uh of the ones that have been played from this album which i don't really understand why it's yeah, it's, it's real know. maybe it's just like too much of a straight ahead just like rocking song and it kind of doesn't stand out i guess in that way I'm going to totally agree with you on that. I think um, probably, of course, I think the album came out in like 
August. And then by the 1st of 2003, the next year, the Showbox show came out. And of course, I picked it up right away because I even more than listening to them play, I like to watch them play it, you know, and I uh, kind of remember in my mind, and maybe it was just the songs that were wrapped around it on the album. It sort of felt like at first kind of a space filler, you know, like mm-hmm. just that chunky guitar. I mean, the lyrics come right in. There's no intro or riff or anything. I mean, it's just sort of, you know, right out of the shoot, which God's Dice is kind of like that. That's funny that Jeff wrote both of those, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's like drums, click, 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 go, you know, almost. And, and so it didn't feel like it was that great of a song when I first heard it, but I didn't really listen, or I didn't really get into the lyrics much, you know, and I think this one, a lot of the lyrical part carries it. But there's also some really cool guitar patterns and things going on if you really start breaking it down. but it grew on me and I can't say that I've seen them play it live more than out of the shows I've been to maybe twice it seems like they might have played it once in St. Louis when I was there in like 2004 and then maybe at a Kansas City show later but yeah they don't play that one that much do they? Yeah they've uh, played it in uh, in 2003 at the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater in Bonner Springs Heck yeah, I was there. Okay, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, yeah, that was a good night. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think, uh, somewhere around Kansas City. Well, that's in Kansas. So yeah, it's, uh... The, uh, yes, Verizon. I'm still, anybody who's from Kansas City, that place will always be called Sandstone because that's what it was when we were all in high school going mm-hmm. to shows out there. And they were, I think they changed the name 20 times, but... Yeah, I knew I'd seen him play it before, but I, I think now looking back, it's uh, it's and it just might be again what what else is on Riot Act around it that made it not feel as interesting or something. But I think it's a really good, strong song. It's just if it lands on a different album in a different place on the album, it yeah. might have been a whole different story. But I still think it's a really strong song, and I, I really don't know that I ever looked at the lyrics as close. I usually know most of them, and this is one that I hadn't really looked at that close till really when we started talking about this earlier in the week. And it's a cool song. It's really good. Yeah, I think it's in a real weird spot because this and Crop Duster are right in between Love Boat Captain and I Am Mine, which I think are the bigger songs. So they kind of attract your attention a little yeah. bit more and they kind of get lost in that in between there. And and plus two it for the long- kind of a weird order. Yeah. 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 For, the, for the longest time, too. Like I always got those two mixed up. It's like, oh, wait, like unless I'm looking like right at the CDs, like what's the name of this song? What's the name of this song? It's like, OK, is this crop right. duster or is this ghost? And I can't really remember. It's like, OK, wait, the something about leaves. OK, I know that one's crop duster because crops, leaves, plants. OK. And then the other right. one. <laughs> yeah exactly the other one i think i used to kind of cross ghost and get right um because they kind of get right it says get right in it driving so it's not like he says anything about ghosts yeah well so i'm flying away i'm thinking more ghosts flying maybe yeah true there you are yeah i guess i need to start Mm -hmm. doing some word association (laughs) 
Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, maybe because of where it landed or hard to say. Didn't they put out, Brandon, wasn't it, um, I Am Mine was a single, Mm -hmm. and it had, let's see, what was on that one? Was it? The B-Sides? Yeah, the B-Side. What was on the B-Side? Down on it. That's right. And Undone. Undone. Yeah, depending on uh, which version of the uh, the single you had. Yeah, and then one didn't one of them even have like four songs on it or something? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it also had Bush Leader on it too. That's yeah, I think that's the one. So no, I got a hold of. They probably called it an import back then, and I paid thirty bucks for it. You know? Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. Sure, (laughs) like to have that money back. (laughs) Yeah. Oh shoot. Okay. um, So, what do you think about the uh, the song in general? I mean, do you? um, The more I listen to it, I like it, and it's kind of like, oh yeah, this is a real good song. I don't know why they don't why do they don't play it. I mean. Unless it just gets over overshadowed by other sort of okay, we have these other rocking songs or whatever that are more popular. So yeah, I mean, it's got to be. I know it seems like it's hard to leave a show anymore, and you know, God love them for playing a different set list every freaking night. They don't have to, you know. I mean, the Stones have been playing "Start Me Up" first for thirty years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it's almost like you know it's coming here, you know, and 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 they don't do that, and. You know, I can't remember after probably probably after Riot Act or or maybe it was even you know like the the Avocado album where you're not walking out, somebody's not complaining about hearing something they wanted to hear, you know. But yeah. you're also talking about at that point, you know, fifteen. You know, you're talking they've got eighty songs, you know, and they only have time to play thirty, so they have to pick and choose. And you know, just it's a big library and a lot of darn good songs, so it's um it's got to be hard to gotta be hard to please everybody <laughs> clearly yeah i can imagine like some of the the shows where they play like it's like okay we'll play like all the weird sort of stuff that you know that people will be talking about this show it's like oh man that show they played you know of the girl and you know you know what the same the same show that i think you were just talking about at the verizon theater in 2003 I'm pretty sure that's the uh, if you've ever heard the uh the high dad release oh yeah yeah, release, yeah. uh recording the live one okay so it was like a wicked crazy storm and we're out there and it's pouring rain lightning and i'm pretty sure that's the same show and if you look at that set list there was a lot of people mad i mean they were playing a lot of off stuff and Mm -hmm. i liked it you know i was like oh cool you know but probably between the weather being pretty brutal and everybody soaked and then doing maybe 10 obscure songs that only people that had all those albums would even know some people got rubbed the wrong way but you know that's what you're gonna get at some of those shows and Half of us love it, and the other ones wanted to hear just 10. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against 10. <laughs> yeah, my uh, on my uh, release episode, I think I put that uh, put that in there. Did you? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's that show, if I remember right. 2003. It had to have been 2003. Yeah, it was. Here's why I remember that is because when we, were, we got there, uh, my uh, ex-wife was with me, and uh, they wouldn't let you bring purses in to the show. So I had to walk it back to the car where they all went in. And about the time I got to the car, which was like a half mile away, Ed came out and did Dead Man Walking. <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, so, you know, mm-hmm. I'm full speed sprinting it across this parking lot <laughs> to catch the last 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure, and yeah, and then the rain started up. So anyway, that was that was an obscure set list that night. But I, I've seen some of those, and then I've seen, they've done other ones. I think the 2009 show they did in kansas city it really felt like a greatest hit show and probably very pleasing to a lot of people but i'm good with either i don't care 
Yeah, I think I think probably if you're crossing streams, I don't know why I said it like that, but if you're uh, if you're listening to the uh, live on Four Legs podcast as well, and the uh, earlier this year they had um, uh, Jacksonville, Florida show from uh, 2016 on their episode 112, and they uh, they talk about uh, Dimitris. Uh, they'll, they'll say uh, ghost uh-huh. for the Greek. I guess is the the story that threw out a bunch of. Uh, he he even posted about it. That's funny you say that because uh, uh, somebody just mentioned that to me too, that that's his favorite song. And I always, anytime I ever see him mention anything, it's usually uh, nothing as it seems is or sort of one he throws out there a lot. And I had never seen that other thing. So I'll have to look that up. Yeah, he's got a uh, post on the um, on the forum about it i'll just read it because i don't know what else to say about the song (laughs) he says uh heading back to miami we're on highway with ava and i want to share this with you guys as it's easy to understand i had the time of my life last night the night before we went to dinner my friends and myself to a bar and we met with a boris and his wife great friends and fans then ray has the idea he dressed up like a ghost at the next show next day all friends we stay in the same hotel stole all their pillowcases from the rooms (laughs) <laughs> and wrote ghost for the greek there was like seven seven of them oh saying oh my that. god carol and manuel made these and ray dressed up as a ghost and then wishlist sold play ghost for dimmy stickers so they raised money for their great causes and at the show friends put ray on their arms so eddie see it and raise up oh my the god. pillow cover one of them made it to the stage and ed oh. reads it uh, at encore one eddie holds up a pillowcase and says i will think on it no i will sleep on it is that what i'm supposed that's what i'm supposed to do right <laughs> after a couple songs he said that was jeff amant and bass then he comes up with this next one ghost this is for the greek with our apologies then he changes the lyrics and sings dimitri he speaks to me and we start jumping and dancing like crazy And he, he, he wrote this next one that, that, that came up on the pillowcase. This is, this is for the Greek, with our apologies. freaking cool wow no i didn't know anything about that that's a good story it's a really good story it's a lot better than my shoe story Um, (laughs) well that's awesome i did not know about all that very cool let's see the song do you i don't know do you get anything from the song lyrically or anything or i mean i think we kind of both agreed it's it's a good rocker like i mean yeah i mean from 
I I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm a little biased sometimes. It just depends on what kind of song it is. But, you know, my ear always first goes to like guitars because I play guitar. So yeah. I, I want to hear what Mike and, or, uh, Stone and Jeff are doing. Or, uh, I'm sorry, Stone and Mike are doing. And then probably kind of just and at that point, I'm kind of more zeroed in on how the vocals sound, but not necessarily what they're saying. Yeah, you know, just like to listen to it like that. But from a lyrical standpoint, I think it's... Uh, I think it's basically saying, I mean, this is kind of the time when the internet was really rocking and cooking. And I mean, it felt like all of a sudden there's a lot of things, products, whatever being thrown at you. And, you know, there was a line in here uh, where it says, uh, so, okay, or it says, selling me what I don't need, I never knew so can make you You know, that kind of reminds me of like satisfaction by the stones, you know, I can't be a man because, you know, I'm not smoking mm-hmm. the right cigarettes, you know, I've, I've got to be you know, be doing these certain things and, and be buying into the brands. And, and I think it's overload with everything coming at you. And you've got, and I think basically what it comes down to is you've got to hit the brakes and realize what's happening around you is only going to happen once and don't get caught up in all the, the riffraff coming at you, you know, mm-hmm. keep your, keep your focus on what's important. And I don't know, it sort of feels like there's a lot of uh, things like that in this song. If um, once I get through all the verses and everything here. I get a sense of it's a, it's really about sort of um, mindfulness, sort of um, like, I don't know, like kind of the, the first verse is just sort of, I don't know, mind is gray like the city, packing in an overgrown is kind of like, oh, you know, place in the clouds, a place to hide, uh, working for something one can never hold. Sort of like trying to find satisfaction in the world, right. you know, how are you going to do that? You have, you know, thoughts in your head, are, are you going to try to get uh, physical things materialistic to, stuff or, yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's the word yeah that's even better that's the word I was <laughs> okay <laughs> don't come back right <laughs> <laughs> no i'll give you i'll make sure you give uh, uh, you right, right, right. Sorry. uh uh like materialistic about things and um you know buy things to make you feel fulfilled or you know is it people that are going to make you feel fulfilled and you know, it's seeking new ways before I miss it all. So much talk, it makes no sense at all. Passing old friends, I don't miss it all. It's sort of, you know, if you're not in the here and now, if you're too worried about things in the past, uh, which could be what the ghosts are, or, you know, the ghost of the past, things that you don't have anymore, uh, right. people you don't have around you anymore, or is it going to be like the invisible hand of the free market? Ooh, the, the, that's a ghost too, or something, you know, and, and sort of trying to build wealth or, or get stuff to, right. to make you feel like you're important or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe just even escape, you know, like, I mean, it does get overwhelming when everything's, you know, I mean, especially for those guys, maybe not as much for you and me, but when you constantly have things and people and whether it's materialistic stuff or just trying to find enough time to visit your family, you know, there's, it's a lot to take in and like talking about a place in the clouds. I wonder if that's just uh, where you finally kind of throw your hands up and you're like, I'm, I just need to go hide out for a minute <laughs> you know, and, go, and, and go, so, go somewhere else where I don't have to deal with any of this stuff. Yeah. You know, it does get to the point where you feel like, you just it's hard hard to make forward progress so you've got to kind of pick and choose some of that stuff to make sure you can get the real important things done today versus worrying about all the other stuff 
Yeah, really about what's going on today. Yeah, like you said, not like, oh, I'm going to do something good so that in the future, when I die, I can go to heaven, you know, instead of, you know, doing something good now because it'll benefit somebody else. And, you know, doing stuff for other people can make you feel good, you know, actually contributing to society instead of bleeding the planet dry or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that how much holding a door for somebody to be able to go in somewhere first might make their day and you don't even know, you know, I mean, those little things are what's important. It's not the big stuff. I mean, it's not all the materialistic stuff. That's great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, if you want to buy boats, buy boats or cars or whatever you want, but all of that's just temporary happiness, man. It's usually, and usually ends in uh, buyer's remorse. I've had a couple of guitars. I've had a couple of yeah. yeah, guitars. I'm, I'm looking at going, hey, I probably didn't need those. <laughs> but man, <laughs> that's cool, you know? Um, but yeah, I think it's just, um, I think that sort of sums it up. It's sort of living for day to day and not trying to get overwhelmed by it all. And don't let yourself be so stressed that you don't recognize the things that are important. I'm going to ask you a question now. I'm going to turn this around on here. But the uh, as far as the album Riot Act as a whole, what would you say, Brandon? I was just curious, like what would, if you had to rank Pearl Jam albums, and I kind of hate this question because this could change every day, but do, are you, do, is Riot Act one of your favorites? Is it somewhere in between? Not one of your favorites? What, how do you feel about the album as a whole? No, uh, uh, of course, as you heard on my uh, season premiere episode, which I definitely recorded before we're talking right now. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, oh, man. Uh, right, right as of now before uh going through all the songs all over again right a riot act is actually towards the bottom is it okay yeah but you know listening to the stuff over again it always you know my rankings that always changes my rankings so. you know i never would have like thought of it ever landing in my top three-ish you know i mean i've kind of few i kind of waffle around on back and forth there a little bit but this it is, should be a good solid middle it's uh it really album. yeah i mean it's a I mean, I'm looking at the, the song list here, and I mean, Green Disease is one of my favorite songs by them. I think it's an awesome song, and I think it's mm-hmm. really underrated. I, I, I don't, I'm like, why aren't they playing that at every show? But that's that's my opinion, you know? Yeah, I think um, You Are and Save You alone should be, should uh, kick it up there. I, uh, that, that live at the Showbox Save You when Mike's just going nuts, that's one of my mm-hmm. best. I, I love that. That's, I think, uh, that's one of my favorite performances uh, by them playing that song. But yeah, Crop Duster, I mean, I guess that's a Matt song. I Am Mine, great song. I mean, that's, you know, that I Am Mine and Love Boat Captain, they, before we got to see them live again, you know, those two songs kind of answered a lot of those questions. I think, at least for me, like when we were talking earlier about, you know, are they just going to kind of let the contract run out? Are they, are they going to turn into the, uh, my joke is always, gonna, everybody's eventually going to be the Steve Miller band. <laughs> and they're going to play the same 20 <laughs> songs and, and everybody's going to sing along and love it. You know, are they going to do that? You know, I mean, is you know. Play State Fair. Yeah, right, and, uh... right, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyhow, uh, yeah. And I think after getting the CD and, and getting into the lyrics and things, I remember hearing Love Boat Captain and I Am Mine, and I thought to myself, they are, they feel terrible about some things and, and there's been some shitty things that have happened in the world, but I think what they are saying, they're not just telling everybody else it's going to be okay, but they're also saying, we're going to be okay with you and we're all going to do this, you know? And I think that sort of answered that question for me anyway, that, you know, is this going to be like the last album, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they didn't just put a, I mean, Ark is kind of a minute song, so but still, there's 14 pretty solid songs here, you know? Um, a couple of them aren't my favorite, but most of them I really do like. So, 
I don't know, man. It's uh, sort of getting back into it, it. It sort of pushed it back up the ladder for me a little bit. Yeah. I just wondered if, if you felt the same way. Yeah, and we'll, we'll have to wait until uh, I'm done with all the Riot Act songs and I wrap it all up and uh, and assemble my final yeah. thoughts again before I, uh, around uh, what does it look like <laughs> October or so <laughs> when I'm uh, done with this uh, with this album yeah. September October. All right, all right. Well, um, let's see. We're we're here in uh, in the Pearl Jam 30 year, so I've been wrapping it up. Like Ed was asked at the end of Single Video Theory, how they wrap that up, and uh, I'll ask uh, Ryan, what does Pearl Jam mean to you? I've always wanted to do that. Um, it's a <laughs> You'll never have me back on again later. <laughs> but, oh, man. Um, I know why Ed pauses it whenever he gets asked that question, because it's like, God, where do you start here? Um, to me, it's the blend of all the music that before Pearl Jam that I was getting into during those junior high and high school years. And I mean, it was like the perfect combination of all those bands that I loved, you know, and I was that 13 year old that was listening to 70s stuff. I was probably kind of the weird kid or whatever, but all of that went into one basket and I felt like that was sort of 10. And then with that, I feel like I've grown with them musically in that my appreciation for music has grown. And, and so to me, Pearl Jam's like my friend's older, cool brothers that play in a band. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I've always sort of felt that way, you know, and I think just like you and I are talking, I think they're the same kind of guys that could sit and have the same kind of conversations and have a great time doing it. So I just, that's the best way I can summarize is just that. They always kept it interesting. They always, anytime, I don't know if music can really bring you up. I always hear people say, well, that, you know, they saved my life. I think you sort of have to save your own life and everything. Mm -hmm. um, when you have problems and things, I don't think music can actually fix you, but you can fix yourself and what kind of music you choose to listen to during those things can help you a lot because if it's something that's pleasing to you and you're trying to fix your life I think all of that together is a good thing. And I, and, and many times when I've been down in the past, that's what I listen to. Not to necessarily fix me, but knowing that I'm going to enjoy that. And, and it, it really means something special to me. And, you know, for 30 years now, I can't believe it. It's been a, a constant in my life. It's just a band, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but a really good one. Yeah. You're the one that has to take all the steps that has to do all the things and you got to look for the things especially if it's music that can uh, at least help make the load feel a little lighter sometimes yeah right right and music's a time warp i mean you can just like going back and you know i mean riot acts almost 20 years old now and, and mm -hmm. going back i just kind of forgot about everything that was really happening and just that short two-year span you know um with the band and with the world and with everything else and it sort of rekindled that feeling a little bit you know um and it's just because music's that powerful just it'll take you places yeah, if you're if you're if you're having a hard time, turn, uh, put on Riot Act and think about uh, kind of what Pearl Jam went through and how they made it through, and you've gotten through hard times to get where you're at today. So you can you can do it again. Absolutely, things that we think are ruining our day. I mean, you know, and if you don't know the whole story about that, read about it. It might make your day seem like a lot less important than it did before. You know, and I mean that in a positive way. That <laughs> you know, I, it's uh, what we think are big problems every day some of the stuff that other people go through it's always there's always going to be somebody with the story that's 10 times worse so instead of getting all wrapped up in your own petty stuff help somebody else out just like you said and do it today not say i'll do that down the line do it today yeah so, oh you know. yeah <laughs>
bringing it back callbacks yeah <laughs> that's how i love oh that's how i love to end i love to end on a good callback <laughs> all right there you go yeah full circle baby <laughs> all right thanks uh thanks for coming on and uh and talking with me ryan brandon i've had a great time chatting with you man i, oh, I really appreciate it and uh you know anytime okay all right the Better Man Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by their respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Ryan and as always, this is Brandon saying, I like you too, Millhouse, but not in that way. You're more like a big sister. <laughs> <laughs>